You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. David couldn't catch a cold all week long, man, in practice. <laughs> but that catch he picked the ball against his helmet, that's one of the best catches in Super Bowl history. I'm a huge Saquon fan. However, I don't see the Giants cutting that type of check for the running back position. The people that's questioning Eli's credentials, I think they need to give their Sunday ticket up and never watch the sport again. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe and make sure you drop us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Pat Pete, what are we going to cover on this episode? Yo, Matt, the Super Bowl is set and we got a lot to discuss about Tom Brady and the Bucks beating the Packs. And also shout out to our very, very first and very own guest, Tyron Matthews, uh, uh, getting back to back like Drizzy to another, another championship. And we got a special guest today joining us, two-time Super Bowl champion and a bruising running back, Brandon Jacobs. Stay tuned. Listeners, viewers, you know what time it is. First quarter of our show, now it's time to chop it up. We're going to chop it up. You know, guys, we do a lot of different things during our Chopping It Up segment. We take trips down memory lane. We love to share fun, cool stories with you guys. But unfortunately, we're going to, Get a bit serious. Uh, this past Tuesday marked the one-year anniversary of the death of the legend, the great Kobe Bean Bryant. We both love Kobe Bryant as a uh, as a player, professional player. Uh, we love his swag on and off the court. Our favorite NBA player, like I mentioned, Pat P. I know how much you love Kobe Bryant, but when you think about the mama mentality, how much has that impacted impact the sports world? But, you know, the mama mentality is something real. It was something that, that was very, very genuine and unique. And it, it, it fit every characteristic of Kobe. You know what I mean? Very fierce, determined, didn't have a care in the world about anybody else. If they was in his way, you know, he was moving them out of the way to get to where he wanted to go. You know, I, I, I just believe that mama, the mama term itself fit every characteristic that Kobe should display to us, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sports world. So, you know, it's definitely a, a tough day because I, I, I remember exactly where I was when I got the news. But, you know, like you like you alluded to, Kobe was definitely my all-time favorite basketball fan with me being a Laker fan. He's the reason why I am a Laker fan. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, you know, the Mamba, the Mamba mentality definitely is carrying on. Uh, through, it's going to carry on through many, many generations to come. And one thing I love about hey, you, you, you wrote a letter that made freaking uh, uh like YouTube or something like that, man. That was big oh time. yeah, yeah, my letter to Kobe, yeah, my letter to Kobe. You know, shout out to my homeboy and my good friend, former colleague in Carlo. He currently works with the Lakers. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so Pat P, whenever you want to get out to Laker game, man, I got an insight with the franchise. So yeah, they can look out. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So I, what I did was I wrote a letter and I just sent it to Carlo and he was actually on site outside the Staples Center where they, they did the, you know, the memorial for Kobe. And he was able to put on a Lakers shirt for me, wrote my message down on a shirt. And it just was a heartfelt message because like you said, I remember the thing about tragedies 
you know, with people who you look up to or you have love for, you admire, you always remember where you were when that tragedy occurred. And for me, I was just getting down to Miami, getting ready for the Super Bowl, to work the Super Bowl with CBS, out the plane, and I'm like, yo, phone blowing up because like you, you know, all my friends and family, they know I love Kobe Bryant. So everybody was reaching out like, is that new? Is it true? Is it true? And I called Carlo. I'm like, Carlo, man, is this is this true? Because I know he's out in L.A. And I eventually got back to me and, and, and confirmed that story. And it was like, my whole week was crushed. You know what I mean? I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl, uh, covering the Super Bowl, getting ready for interviews. And now I got to deal with this. So it was a heartfelt moment for myself, along with everybody else who loved Kobe Bryant or just loved quality, good people. You know what I mean? Something that we would never forget. And his legacy will live on forever in my opinion. But shout out to Kobe Bryant. Shout out to Gigi as well. Everyone, all the individuals that lost their lives in that terrible accident, man, we, we, we send our prayers out to you and your family. Uh, you never will be forgotten. I can say that much. Now it's time for Around the League. And this past weekend, Pat B, man, it was some real good football on this past Sunday. Championship Sunday is always an event you must tune in to watch from start to finish. Four teams, four real good teams going going to battle. You know, in the NFC, we like to highlight the NFC game. First and foremost, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Green Bay Packers. You know, there's so many storylines we can hit on, right? You know, quarterback battle, the GOAT going against one of the more talented passes to ever play in the National Football League and Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, once again, he does it. I mean, looking at Tom Brady, the, the season he had, the success, success he's had, Playing in another championship, 10, Pat P, this man got 10 Super Bowl appearances, right? 10. Yeah. Can we can we finally say that it was more Brady than Belichick? Man, I've been saying that. You've been saying that since day one? No doubt about it, man. Brady is the man. I understand that coaches put players in situations to be successful. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, when it's time to you, when you need that drive, you need that clutch play, Who's delivering that pass? And it showed this. You got the same coaching staff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And both both teams, you know, both organizations, you basically got the same staff, yeah. You know what I mean? So you're close to having what, you know, your your coaching staff, so you can't say the coaches. You know what I mean? It's At the end of the day, coaches going to coach, players going to play. And coaches going to give you the information that you need to be successful. It's up to the player to be able to take in that information, gather that information, and be able to put that, that information together so that therefore he can be successful on the football field. Cause at the end of the day, the guy who is out there performing, that's who making it, that's who's making it go. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the guy who, the players are, are the guys who's making it actually go. So yeah. Tom Brady for sure, I, I said that when it, when it first happened, Tom Brady will, you know, if he, you know, if he can win this one, I said he will be the first, he'll win a championship before. Bill Belichick. Belichick? Well, he, he, he has an opportunity to prove your theory correct. So we will find out in over a week. Like my all-time favorites, you know, especially when they had that, uh, that Peyton Manning. And I love Peyton Manning too. Um, but you know, when that, that Peyton Manning and, uh, Tom Brady discussion was like, you know, everybody was on Peyton Manning's side, you know, t- yeah. Peyton threw, you know, 50 touchdowns a year. I'm like, bro, that dude, Tom Brady, bro, is just, and since 2003, you know what I mean? I was like, this dude's yeah. just different. He's no, hey. just, but he's just a better ball player than Peyton Manning. I, I think what what makes Tom Brady so special, because think about this, Pat. Any year in his prime year, you could always say Tom Brady probably wasn't the best. 
he he didn't have the strongest arm, you know, he wasn't the, the most athletic. But the thing that sets right. Tom Brady apart from the rest, his ability to lead. Yeah, his That's will to win. Think, his, yes, his ability. He's one of the best leaders. You know what I mean? He, he's one of the best leaders, best bellwethers will ever play in the National Football League, I think. And his his ability to get people to buy in and just get people to see the vision and follow through on that vision is super impressive, in my opinion. And talking about coaching, let, let's transition to the Green Bay Packers. You know, Matt LaFleur, right, head coach for the Packers, uh, has been criticized, has been questioned a lot with his decision late in the fourth quarter to kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and goal. You know, Aaron Rodgers said it wasn't my decision. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts about that decision to attempt the field goal instead of going for a touchdown? You know, I had mixed emotions about that. I thought at the time, especially the way the defense was playing, I thought they was playing good enough to where, you know, because at the end of the day, you don't want to give, you want to get points. Your defense was playing well enough. You know, get your offense back out off the field. Who knows? They, the Green Bay, or not Green Bay, Tampa could have went in the four minute offense and, and not gave them an opportunity to get the ball back when they had the ball at two minutes. So, yeah. and you had an extra timeout. You know, you was they had three timeouts at the time when they went for it from when they kicked the field goal too. Took a bonehead play by, with the kickoff by sliding. So it gave them a fourth timeout. Yeah. But Tampa came out with that, uh, it was like a quick pass, got nine yards. I think the Mike Evans on the first play. Mm-hmm kind of made it easier for them to get. But I thought at the time with me looking at the game and the defense was playing really well up until that point. You must they, they got like three and outs after they had two picks like in five possessions. So yeah, Jair. And at that point, Aaron, if you if you go back and look, Aaron was he his his stats was looking pretty good. But up until like eight minutes into that game, a lot of throw that pressure started getting to him. Like he started, he started, his eyes started getting down from his throws. The, the coverage got a little bit tighter. And you know, mm-hmm. that's the hardest place to score on the football field. So yeah. at that point, I thought your defense was playing well. You get you five points. And at the end of the day, you go out there and stop him. You're going to be in that predicament again, probably with, you know, with no timeouts, with a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, rushing uh, a little bit more up tempo offense but I thought at the time in the way the game was going I thought it was the right situation but now that the game is over yes it could have been the proper situation to, to go for but I think kicking the field goal at that time I thought it was the the right decision I guess for me my logic is if the game is on the line I'm going to ride or die with the best player yeah, who was 12 best player was struggling the last eight minutes of the that is the hardest place to score, and especially it was at eight. It was eight yards out. Yeah, and he should have ran for it on third down. That third down, I said he, that. He, I said, he man, what? Why he didn't run? He should have. He should have ran. But I would. I would have gave him another crack at it. I mean, that's that's the that's the big, think, big think, funny I think, man. I think, I think, if they would if 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 he would have got about four to five yards on that play, they would have won on that third down. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I just think it was just too far because his tip, uh, numbers wise, stat wise. It's analytics. Almost, yeah, analytics almost like a 13% chance of them, yeah. you know, you know, being successful on that play. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought at that time it was the right call because your defense was playing well. You kicked the ball back. Tampa would have been putting back into the wind. So worst case scenario, you would have got the ball back at the 40, your own 40, 35. Yeah. With enough time to work. And you, and Aaron is used to and known for working under high, uh, up-tempo offense. So. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have put him in its element for him to get back in the groove because I just thought, you know, him throwing the ball, getting back in the so he couldn't really find a groove in the passing game in the fourth quarter for sure. Yeah. 
No doubt, no doubt. Another questionable decision happened right before halftime, right? Time around the clock. Buccaneers have no timeouts. I think it's around eight seconds. Mike Pettin decides to call look like a cover three or something like that. Long story short, it wasn't the best coverage. And then Kevin King, a guy who's been playing some real good football for the Packers. I mean, just got watching the quarterback. Scotty Miller ran right past him. Pat, as a, as a DB, as a DB, I mean, the ball was probably on the 40-yard line. Eight seconds, Buccaneers have no timeout. I think it was I second think- or third down. No, it was, was it fourth down? I think it was fourth down, if I'm not mistaken. I, don't, I can't remember what down it was. But they had no timeout. So you know they're going to take a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Scotty Miller ran right by Kevin King. They go up 21 to 10 at halftime. Okay. That was a huge momentum, momentum killer for the Packers. And just hearing the play and knowing the situation and, and being aware of the situation as a defender, you got to keep everything in front of you. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I don't care what down it is. If you got eight seconds left, you know, and they're in in a situation to try to score, you know, you trying to keep, like you said, you deepest of the deepest. (laughs) It was first down. It was actually first down. It was first down. Okay, but you're still the deepest of the deepest, and nothing should get behind you. I don't care what coverage you. You could be a man to man. I'm still playing high. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's that. And that's that is so true. And I came more aware of things like this being with B.A., you know, because being such a situational guy, because that's, you know, that's what, you know, that's what wins game, being a smart football team and a situational good football team. But that was always his thing of double scoring, scoring before halftime and mm-hmm. trying to and get getting the ball back. Yes, sir. Yeah, and he, yes, sir. And I never knew this. When he put this stat up that every team that scores before halftime have an 82% chance of winning the ball. To back. win. Yeah, Pat, that's what I used, I used to do that on Madden. Anytime I play Madden, you know, I used to bust your head on Madden, too. Don't, don't, don't forget about that. What about I, I would always defer. I won't put my defense on the field first. You said uh-huh. what? What about NCAA, Ohio State? I to where I, I, I don't do that, Matt. Don't do man, that. you beat me one time, man, with, with them black guys. Don't do that, you know I was. You know I was hell on them sticks. Don't do that. I was going before halftime and trying to get that ball back at the halftime. Same for same. Yeah. Same way with me. <laughs> Double score. We, we, we recapping the NFC Championship game. The Packers losing to uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All things covered. Pat Peterson and Brian McFadden. Make sure you stay tuned. We got a Super Bowl champion joining us later in the show. Brandon Jacobs, former New York Giants. One thing I would like to bring to your attention, also listeners and viewers as well. Aaron Rodgers had an unbelievable year for the Green Bay Packers. 40-plus touchdowns. Clearly, he will win MVP, in my opinion. But this past offseason, remember, past April, right, in the draft. The draft was in April or May. I can't remember. The Packers traded up to go get Love, quarterback, oh. from Utah State, right? And when you draft a quarterback that high, instantly questions surface about how long will you stay with the current guy, right? Me personally, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and look at the year he had, it's only a matter of time before they put Love into the lineup or give him an opportunity to get in the lineup. If you Green Bay, do you consider trading Aaron Rodgers this year? No, man. No. No. They did the same thing when Brett Favre was there, man. Aaron Rodgers didn't play to his eighth year in the league. You know what I mean? They just grooming it, him. It it's just it's different, him. though. It's, it's, I, it's different. I, I understand that it's different, but the league is all about, you know, although Aaron didn't win, you know, those NFC championships game, you know, I, I felt like last year they was outmatched. Mm-hmm. This year, 
I felt like it was some, you know, questionable calls, some questionable plays, some plays that they should have made to put them in a better position to win this ball game. But he, I mean, the NFC Championship he played in what five? Nine? I don't think he played. We, well, he's only won one. And he only won one, but I think he played in like five of them. He played in at least maybe four. Last year he played. Last year they lost. He played this year they lost. The year they won a championship in 2010, he played that year. I think he might have played in four. Three or four, definitely three for sure. Maybe four. That is that he he's been in a big moment. He's just haven't haven't won those moments, and he had great years every single year. It's not like he's yeah. having a drop. All I'm, but Pat Pete, no, they ain't it's the inevitable. They trade. It's the inevitable with Love eventually getting in there. You can get you two first rounders for Aaron Rodgers right now. I get that, but if they're with Green Bay being the historical team that they are, I think. The only way they get rid of Aaron Rodgers if he walk up is like I'm ready to go. They not no, no, no. you can't say that they ship Brett Favre off. Remember, we all thought Brett Favre would be a life exactly. I'll leave when he wanted to leave. When Brett Favre got there, what stayed? Brett Favre played almost what 16 years, 17 Brett, years. Brett was still kicking though. He still playing some good football. He was still kicking, but he was not as effective as Aaron Rodgers is. I, I yeah, I, I don't. I'm saying I agree with you, but when you draft a quarterback that high. These questions will surface. So Green Bay, they drafted Aaron Rodgers. That I mean, he was a first rounder, but I'll, he was but he late. Got, he was late, yeah, he was. He was, he was late. They traded up to go get love. He still was a first rounder. He was. He was. He was. He was. And, and speaking of uh, Brad, for seven whole years, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying to stir the pot right quick. I know you like some gumbo. I'm trying to stir the pot. See what the spices taste like. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know one thing I like to highlight with you before we transition to the Chiefs and the Bills and get ready. Uh, you know, to talk about this Super Bowl matchup. You had a lot of positive things to say about Ba and Ty Bowles. You know, why are they so? De- why are they so deserving to be? Where they, where they currently are, you know, to be at this moment in their coaching career to be able to win a championship, why are they so deserving? You know, having an opportunity to be around BA for five years, being around a tie for two years, seeing the work and dedication that they put into the game and BA finally getting his first head coaching, being a part of, being a player, um, uh, of his first head coaching gig and seeing, you know, how much he, how much he cared about players, how much his job meant to him, you know, how much he loved it. And that's all he talked about. You know, the first meeting every single week, every single offseason was, we got one coming and go. That's a winner. You know, excuse me, a motherfucking championship. Super Bowl. <laughs> the only thing he put up the Super Bowl was the Lombardi. Yeah. That's the Lombardi. Main goal. You know what I mean? So yeah. for us to come up, come so close, uh, 2015, it was, it was a remarkable year, but I, um, I think, you know, losing some of those key guys late in the year, Definitely hurt us, but if we had our guys, that was a special team that we had in 2015. And seeing how much, you know, how much Bowles put into it, you know, same way, you know, how much he loved the game, you know, how much he get, how much he gave to the game. And, and it's nothing like seeing, you know, guys like that get rewarded. And, you know, I know it's a bunch of guys like that in the league, you know, mm-hmm. it's other guys in the league that's definitely deserving of being rewarded of a championship. You know, with B.A. putting in 40-plus years, Todd Bowles coaching for 20-plus years, you know, those guys put their blood, sweat, and tears in. And, you know, B.A. won it before as a coordinator, but having an opportunity to do it, doing it as his own team, I think that would be so remarkable for him. And I text him right after. I know he's so excited and and uh, anxious for this game and to, to, to come on and also be the first team. Because we had an opportunity, too, to be one of the first teams to play in our, in our backyard. In the home state, yeah. At 14 – but Carson ended up getting hurt. We made it to the playoffs, but we had an opportunity. It was like one of the first teams to go to the playoffs with the, you know, with the Super Bowl being at their home facility. But 
Yeah. I think these guys, man, have put in so much time, work, and dedication that, you know, these guys are definitely – I would love, literally love to see them win the Super Bowl because it definitely will feel like I won a Super Bowl with them. <laughs> no <laughs> question, no question. It's because, you know, I get to talk to Ty. You know, I feel like I won a Super Bowl last year with him. Yeah. I was holler around my house. So it's going to be a fun Sunday for me, man. I'm excited for sure. No question. It's a win-win for you. It would be win-win for you in the next, uh, what, in two weeks when that game kicks off. Uh, real quick, we're going to transition to the AFC matchup. Chiefs won 38-24. I definitely was a bit surprised to see uh, the lopsided win uh, yep. in, in favor of the Chiefs. But how do you possibly defend Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? Both guys combined for almost 300 yards through the air. 22 res, uh, receptions among uh, between both of those guys. So how do you defend them? There's two things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Break it down to me, DC. One of, one of them is definitely illegal. You can't do it. One, you got to put three more players on the field. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't and do that at all. You can't do this. You got to build an all-pro secondary, man. <laughs> you got to build an all-pro yeah. secondary to try but to score. I- but I can say this. The one team that seems to have had success against the Chiefs, not just this year, but even last year, is the Chargers, right? And the thing about the Chargers, yeah, they play a lot of they play a lot of zone, but they can afford to play zone because they got two dominant edge rushers. Yes. I was going to say that. Bosa, they got if Ingram. You have, if you have a dominant front four and have a rotation of a dominant front four or yeah. a, a, a force to get to Pat, that's when you can be effective to them of making those windows a lot more tighter to force mm-hmm. them to throws, to force them to see things that's not there. I think that's definitely a huge factor. And I, and I'm with you a hundred percent. The Chargers always give the Chiefs, um, problems on the defensive side of the ball, but yeah. the offense never can put up as no question. Real quick before we toss the break, fans, we want to, fans and listeners, we want to try the new segment with Pat P. So last week doing Pat P, cause you know, he's been in the air a lot cause he's officially in, uh, off season <laughs> mode, right? Hey, yeah, we got, yeah, I had to break news to you. So we're going to try a new, a new uh, segment here. And the name of this segment is Has Pat Heard, right? So last oh, week you didn't know Doug Peterson. Man. Yeah, we're going to put you on the spot. Huh? It's Eric up this, man. The Eric, the Eric throw this. <laughs> hey, has Pat has Pat heard? So I'm going to hit you with a few questions. I'm going to know, have you heard the news or if, you didn't, if you hadn't heard the news, right? The first question, the first uh, the first news I'm going to break to you. The Eagles have hired a head coach. Uh, they just signed Nick uh, Soriani. Have you heard that? I did hear that, Matt. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pat heard that. The next one. Philip Rivers retired. Did you hear that one? <laughs> now that's shocking. <laughs> I did not hear that. You didn't hear that one? Oh, man. I did not hear that. It's uh, officially he, 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 yeah, he's done. They looking for a new quarterback. Nah, man, the last the last news I heard in the league was uh Matthew Stafford requested a trade, and Carson Wentz. Okay. Carson Wentz was on un- uh, him and he's unhappy with upstairs or something like that. So he's looking to go somewhere as well. Hold well, on, no, 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 no. It wasn't Carson. It was a quarterback that was unhappy with something. Deshaun. No, no, no. We we talked about him. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I, reason maybe it was Matthew Stafford I'm, 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 Matthew Stafford okay so that was my next one Matthew okay. Stafford is asking for a trade so you heard that, that one. Hey, you want to know something crazy about it I was out at actually I was out at uh I was out with the wife we was out somewhere eating I saw it on the on the bar television I was like damn okay yeah so the, the next one Dwayne Haskins signed with the Steelers 
I did. So that I did not hear that he signed with Steelers, but I did hear that the Steelers were the visit. Yeah, I did see the well, visit. We broke that to you. He signed okay. with the Steelers. I did, I did right. Not. The last one I think you were aware of, because I saw you tweet out about the matchup, Conor McGregor lost. I know you know about that. Yeah, man. I was I shocked, boy. boy. Yeah. Jesus. I'm up here, man, getting frustrated, man. My wife trying to find out what's wrong with me. I'm trying to watch the, the biggest fight of the year in 2021 out in Abu Dhabi. You know what I mean? <laughs> the sun probably was still up. <laughs> hey. Yeah, but they said it didn't last long before you went to sleep. You went to hey, sleep. I did, did, did see the highlights, man. And the highlights I saw, I, the way the fight was going, I thought it was like the third round. But like you no. said, early. Yeah, I know. It was early. Yeah, he, he, okay. he, he, he beat the middle. The second round. Second round, my guy. Second, okay. Yeah, but he, he, okay, he, okay. Hey, so you like the new episode, uh, the new segment has Pat heard. So we broke, so you didn't know Philip Rivers had retired. I did and not you didn't officially know. Dwayne Haskins signed with the Steelers. Hey, because the thing is, when I saw the news about Matthew Stafford, they said something about the Colts, and I didn't put mm-hmm. two together, but I did not know Philip had retired. I did not know Philip Philip, he, he's officially retired. Man, shout out to Philip for having an awesome, great career. Philip no definitely will be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Who do you think he's first ballot? Yeah, Philip Rivers. Because you got to think about it. You got to think about the class he's going to come out with. You got to think about mm-hmm. who he's going to be with, and when it's time for him to go, you know, into yeah. you know. And right now, he's the only quarterback that's retired. Ben is not going to retire. Who's 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 better than Philip Rivers that retired? You know, over the and, last few years. And it, and it's funny, and also too, I think he will be able to go in with Drew Brees because there's a good chance that Drew Brees may retire this year as well. I'll be just waiting on here. That's gonna yeah. be it. And you think about like that from that old three to oh, uh, what feel it oh oh four I think right oh four yeah. draft class oh three somewhere in there. Philip so Rivers is in the same draft class with uh Eli Ben, Eli. yeah, and uh and Fitzgerald, yeah, and and also too remember we you know we get a chance to talk to Brandon Jacobs about Eli and his thoughts about Eli getting into the hall as a first ballot. Yeah, I don't so. think Eli will be first ballot, but Eli I think Eli is deserving to get in the hall of fame. Yeah, you know, we got to we got to hear what his former teammate said. Yeah, I don't care about you know I don't care about you know when when you get to the Hall of Fame, long as you get there. You get in. Yeah, no first battle that's obviously an asterisk. You know what I mean? That's that's. Mm-hmm. But you know when when just getting you, in. You know, no doubt about it. It's only it's not even five hundred players over a hundred years. That's a special. That's a special class to get into. So yeah. I don't give a dang on how whoever gets in there, but I do as think as long as you get in. I think Eli will be a, a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, listeners and viewers, I hope you guys enjoyed our new segment, Has Pat Heard. I can't wait <laughs> to hear. Yeah, I can't because, you know, he's going to be in the air soon, so he don't like being on dry land too much in all season. right now. No question. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got to be in the air soon, so we go next week. I can't wait. And also, too, next week, we'll, we will have a special Super Bowl edition of All Things Covered. We got some big things planned for you listeners and viewers starting next week in Tampa. So make sure you stay tuned. Also, stay tuned because it's time for us to go into halftime, make a few adjustments when we come back out. Man, we got to get in that goal line defense because we got a big bruising back that will be joining us here in All Things Covered. Yeah, tighten up your yeah, – bow your back up like Cole Andrews just said. Get in there get in the fight. <laughs> bow your back up. Brandon yeah. Jacobs, two-time. Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants will be joining us here right after the break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're back from halftime, and it's time for me and Pat P to put our big boy pads on. Man, we got to protect our shoulders. We told you guys earlier in the show we had a special guest joining us, a two-time Champion, champion of the world, outstanding former NFL player, a nine-year vet. He part of that 2005 draft class. Guess who else was a part of that class? Yours truly. Two-time Super Bowl champion, like I said, fourth-round pick in 05 by the New York Giants. He's also the all-time Russian touchdown leader in organization history with 60 touchdowns. You can follow him via social media on Twitter at Gator Boy Running Back, Gator Boy RB on Twitter or Instagram, nyg.td.record27 on Instagram. Join us here on All Things Covered. Brandon Jacobs, B. Jacobs, what's happening with you? How's everything going? Man, everything's going great, man. I can't complain, living life. You know what I'm saying? Just doing the best I can do, man. Now, you know, uh, coaching kids and coaching high school football and just really living life, man, having a blast, not making too much yeah. of a fuss about it. No doubt. We definitely going to get in that coaching career that you, you tapping into right now. We hear some yeah, big man. things, but you know, in a week or so, the biggest game in the mm-hmm. NFL would take place. Right. And we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Kansas city chiefs and representing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is arguably the best player to ever do it. Right. Tom Brady. But your former team were known to be the Tom Brady killers, winning two Super Bowls against the New England Patriots. At this point, do you want Tom to continue to win championships that can so that can put your teams that beat the Patriots in a higher regard when it comes to the, the professional way in which you do, not necessarily dominate the, 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 the Pats, but come out and beat the Pats in very close hours? Well, I go two ways with it. You know, the Eagles of is a team that – I probably hate second most next to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Mm-hmm. They've done it. They've, they've done it. So they've wiped that, that only team to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl thing. They, they, they wiped that out. Right. However, I do have one of my boys I played with in Tampa with Tom Brady and Jason Pierre Paul. Right. I got mm-hmm. Jason Pierre Paul in Tampa and I got Coach Merritt. I think he's coaching the linebackers or, or maybe the DBs, I think in Kansas City with the, uh, with Coach Spagnola, who was the defense coordinator, who was also with the Giants when we beat New England the first time, the first and second time around. So I'm kind of torn, but you know what I always say with this thing, man, you know, coaches play this game and they coach this game for 20, 25 years. Players get opportunity. Players get opportunity to play the game nine, 10 years at most for a lot of guys that go in and have a successful, you know, career. So I'm, I'm, I'm going for Tampa. I want Tampa to beat, uh, beat Kansas City. And I, and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, speaking of, since you're going with Tampa, 
the 2007 Giants, since then, the 2010 Packers were the only team to win the Super Bowl being a wild card team. Tampa is a wild card team. How challenging is that path or was that path? It, it was really challenging. You know, nobody never give you a chance to win. Obviously, going into the game, everybody's going to beat you every week, right? They got lucky. It won't happen this week. Oh, they, well, they look like they're playing like pretty good, but I don't think they have enough for this week. Going and going in everyone else's house and, and 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 winning the game when you're not supposed to win, that 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 takes that takes so much. That gives you so much more confidence going into the next week. You know, when we went to Tampa, my first my uh, in 2007 when we went to Tampa, played them, beat them, then going into that and like we had the confidence then because they had just won the uh, the NFC South. Saints was pretty good that year. I think the Falcons was doing doing well that year. So to come out of that division being a winner, we knew it was gonna have our hands full. But we didn't think their division was better than ours at that time. Right. Right. We didn't think their division was better than ours. So we went in, we played, we beat them and then had to turn around and, and travel to Dallas to play a team that beat that blew us out twice that season on schedule. Right. So we was like, well they beat us twice already. I mean, it's going to be hard for them to beat us a third time. We went in there and laid it on them. Then traveled to Green Bay, who beat us 38 to 13 or 38 to 16 in week two of that season in 2007. And we went to a, a Lambo in negative 28 degrees and beat them. So we was on fire, man. Like we, like we felt good. And it's hard going to someone else's house and win, as you guys know already, you know. So, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it, it took a toll on us weekend, week out, knowing we had to account for the noise. You know, we had to do certain things to be able to communicate because of the noise. It, it was kind of tough. And speaking of the Buccaneers, I mean, he's not quite your size, but Leonard Fournette has been known to be a pretty powerful running back with nice size. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts about his resurgence there in Tampa? I love Leonard, man. I love the way he run. Um he came to Jacksonville for the first time. You know, he first two years was really good, and he had some mm -hmm. injury uh, issues, kind of slowed down a little bit. I don't know if he slowed down per injury versus not wanting to be, not being happy being in Jacksonville, not happy with what he had around him. So, it's you know, you can look at these situations both ways. But Leonard, you know, if they if they give him the ball going downhill. I think he can take the toll. I think he can take a toll on that defense. And, and, and you asked me, I don't, I, I don't know if Kansas City has been as good against the run this year. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know they got a, they got a dominant offense in Pat Mahomes, but I, I, I don't think their defense has been that dominant all year long. So I think, I think Tampa may have the best defense actually in the league right now. You know, them giving an opportunity to let Leonard run down their throws, I think will give them a better chance to win the game and that's you know and then it takes some pressure off of Tom Brady being the one to have to be the one to win the game you mm -hmm. know so I I think I think Leonard Fournette is definitely going to play a, a, a big part in, in you know whether or not Tampa want to lose the game well we're talking about you know you spoke a little bit about size is there any disadvantages or advantages versus a 6-4 running back versus a 5-7 a, a running back okay I talk to people all the time about this and I always say Everybody look, man, but you're so big. You 6'4", you're 260, man. With being 6'4", being 260 pounds, there's more disadvantages to being a running back right. than advantages, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you get me down, and, you know, and I got to get two or three yards, and I got to push that line, you know, but when I'm in an open field and I'm trying to see, I got DBs, I got safeties coming out of nowhere. I got to keep my head on the swivel. I got to see which way they're coming from because I can't protect so much, you know, so much of my legs because my legs are so long, right? So it's, it's definitely more disadvantages to being 6'4", 
versus a lot of advances. You know, I, I definitely, um, right now, looking back at my career, I wish I'd have played defensive end like, like they was trying to get me to do, like Nick was trying to get me to do at uh, LSU, and I would have probably still been playing. Yeah. <laughs> also, Coach Saban wanted you to play DN. He didn't say. Listen, he he didn't say that, man. Funniest thing is, I go to LSU on my visit, and Corey Webster, Michael Clayton, and Marcus Spears was there. I played. I played. I went to camps with some of those guys. I played uh, Louisiana All Star game with with a lot of those guys, and I played mm-hmm. AAU against those guys. So we had a chance to form, and I really came up with Corey. So I we had a form. You know, we had an opportunity to build a bomb. So they were, I went to visit, you know, and they were there already. I was coming from junior college, and it was like, hey, man, don't come here. I'm like, why? Because he's going to move you to defensive end. They're already talking about it. You're a Louisiana boy. You was a top player in the state. They're going to move you to defensive end, so don't come here. As I look back at it, Corey Webster went to LSU playing quarterback. Yeah. Went to LSU playing quarterback for St. James High School, moved him to DB, second-round draft pick. Marcus Spears went went to LSU from Southern Lab right? playing playing tight end, moved him to defensive end, first round draft pick. Michael Clayton went to LSU to play quarterback, ended up moving him to wide receiver, first round draft pick. You can't tell me Nick don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell hey, me you don't know, you know what, what he's doing. BJ, because it, it might be safe to say you little you were a little before your time because look at Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry is what about six three, six four. You know what I mean? He he pretty much is the Brandon Jacobs of this generation. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, looking at the success you had and clearly the success he's having, I think teams are more, you know, willing to accept the bigger backs, something that we're not used to seeing. You know, and, and speaking of your success being a, the state player in, uh, in Louisiana, man, you had over 3,000 yards. You're seeing, yeah, 3,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. And granted, the Internet was out. It was a thing, but it's not like how it is now. Just no, it's not. Imagine if you came out of high school right now with those stats and those numbers, man. What type of impact would that have had on you going into uh, the college football scene? It probably had a much bigger impact. I mean, I didn't qualify academically. You know, I had a Mm -hmm. terrible ACT test. I had a terrible score, so I didn't qualify. So I I had to go to junior college. I had had a little bit noise. I I had a lot of noise. Noise. I was the number one player coming out of uh, high school in the country that year so I, I had the noise it just wouldn't brought to the forefront like it is now with a lot of these kids with they got their huddle you know uh, rivals was just now starting then they got max prep they got all this other you know they got all this other stuff now that these kids are able to show themselves on you know and that's and that's the type of stuff i tell people all the time i coach at a small private school my kids are going to go to small private schools and i tell people like bro it's not like it was back then your kids are going to be found wherever they're at. You know, they're going to be able to do their thing because people are going to be able to find them due to social media. It's not, it's not, the, it's not, it's not the hardest in the world now to get your kid some publicity, you know? I agree. Well, speaking of, you know, the high school level, then you end up trans, you know, making that jump to the college level. How do you look back at your college journey from, is it Coffeeville Community College and is it Coffeeville uh, Community College uh, to yes, all to uh, Southern Illinois? Well, you know, that, that was me. That's the bonehead me. You know what I mean? And I tell people that all the time. Okay. I didn't qualify coming out of high school. So I went to Coffeeville, went there, played running back, worked hard to keep my weight down. Cause my head coach at there was telling me, he said, if you go up over 260, you put your hand in the dirt, you're going to come off the edge. 
So, man, I was working so hard because I had already committed to it. Now my eligibility is on the line, so I can't go up over 260 because I don't want to put my hand in the dirt. He made me work just as hard by telling me that, but he had never had re- any real plans of putting me down at defensive end. But I went, I worked hard, had an opportunity to go to Auburn because Auburn was one of the only schools outside of LSU that ended up sticking with me through my, you know, through me being ineligible academically. So they stuck with me. They found a junior college for me and uh, I went to it. So I felt like being a man is one thing my grandfather taught me. Like being a man is, you know, loss is everything. Loss is everything. Those people stuck their hands out there to help you, to get you eligible with the NCAA uh, clearinghouse. You could at least go back there and play ball and, you know, and give them what they, what they wanted. Right. So that's what I did. But I went back to Auburn knowing Cadillac Williams was there and Ronnie Brown was there. And, to, and that same 2005 that B. Mac is talking about, Ronnie was drafted number two overall and Cadillac was number five overall. And there go me coming in at the fourth round. I was behind both of them in college. So I was like, man, with all due respect to Auburn, that Cadillac was supposed to leave. We have been discussing him leaving all season his junior year. You know, the end of the season came. He never left. It was, it was going to be me and Ronnie, right? But he never left. And I was like, okay, so he's not going to leave. No hard feelings. I get it. You know, I love the school. I, you know, I had, I had fun playing here. It was great getting to know y'all. Everything was, you know, a, you know, everything was Gucci. So I transferred to Southern Illinois where some of my junior college friends I played with, they went there. So I went there and played with them mm-hmm. and ended up getting drafted in the fourth round. Well, you know what, B. Jacobs, unfortunately, me and you didn't have the luxury of probably being the first player to get drafted at our position no. like Pat P, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Pat so... P is definitely one of those guys. <laughs> definitely one yeah. of those guys. Pat P. Hey, I must tell you, man, big fan. You know, I've been watching you. I've been following. I followed you all the way up through the boot. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I so I I, I I definitely followed everything you've done, man. And, and, and congrats on a great career, bro. Appreciate it. No doubt. And, and with that being said, you named two guys that got drafted before you at the running back position in Ronnie and Cadillac. Can you name the other eight guys? <laughs> uh, let's see. Vernon Morrissey. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, to Green Bay, uh, he went to Green Bay. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Theatric Faison. Yep. Uh, Faison went to uh, Detroit. Uh, no, no, yeah, Faison went, went to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to Minnesota, and then we had Florida. we had uh, what's his name? Boy came from I think the Citadel, Nehemiah Broughton, and another big back. They had uh, who else was it, man? He was, was like oh, a Frank Gore. No, you put, yeah, Frank Gore. Frank Frank Gore went. He went the third. Who, uh, who else was in the first round? Who was in the first round? It was Ronnie Cadillac. When 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 high too. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's not here with us anymore. Yeah. He was top. He was top four. Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson. Yeah. Cedric Benson yep. who came from Texas. He got drafted out, out in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was somebody else though, man. That was guy. It was eight guys that got drafted before me. I can't remember, you know. So that's JJ Arrington from Cal. JJ Arrington from Cal. Had him. Maurice Claret. Yo, listen. Yeah. Listen. Maurice listen. I'm sitting in my house, right? Uh-huh. I'm sitting. I'm. I'm. I'm sitting there, and I had just got out the phone with the Titans. The Titans was gonna draft me. The next upcoming. The, the next coming of Eddie George, right? Yeah. yeah. Titans was gonna take me. You know, I'm sitting there. And with the last pick, I think Maurice Claret went to. I forgot where. He, I forgot where he got drafted to. Uh, where, where he got Denver, drafted to. Denver, 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 Denver Broncos. So with the last pick, so so with the last pick, Denver was up after Tennessee had passed on me. So I'm like, yo, I gotta go the first day. I gotta go the first day. This is crazy. 
I had a better 40 time than most of them guys. And I'm bigger than them and strong. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong? And they right. draft Maurice Claret. Now, respect to the stuff he did at Ohio State, but his 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 postseason testing and everything he did leading up to the combine were was not there. And I thought I should have been drafted ahead of him. And I was hey, I'm pissed tell you off at that. <laughs> true story. When, uh, when we went to the combine, because the running backs ran first. Y'all, y'all got there early, like right at the offensive lineman, I think, in the tight ends or whatever. Man, when when I heard, when we got the DBs got there, we heard it was a dude, Pat P, that was 6'4", about 260, run 4'5". We said, right. well, who is this? Because <laughs> everybody, everybody low-key had forgot, forgot that Brent, uh, that Brandon went to Auburn, you know what I mean? So it was like, man, you for, you forget he left Auburn. Only thing you remember at Auburn was Cadillac and Ronnie. Man, it's like, uh, yep. man, this running back man, six four, ran two 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 fifty, ran four five. He's like, man, he got to be at least top three round top guy. So everybody was surprised when we. Kept, I know I kept seeing all these other running backs off the board based on that forty time alone, because you know right now if you run four five and you two fifty, two sixty, you six four, you right. definitely gonna get drafted high. That's good. Absolutely. You're definitely going in the first two or three rounds. There's no question about it. Yeah. No question about it, you know. But, you know, I had a lot of guys go in front of me, man, you know, and um, I kind of outlasted a lot of them. Frank Gore is the, is, is, uh, is, is a special human being, man, special human being. That man going to be playing football in the NFL if you don't retire when it's somebody yeah. get drafted. Right. No question. Yeah. I don't know what kind of That's water Frank drinks. <laughs> me either. I need some of that. I need some of that, man. Speaking of backs that you was behind in college, you entered the league behind, entered the league behind, I believe, an NFL great, and he changed the the, the running back style. I remember Tiki mm-hmm. had a problem, him holding that ball high and tight, Tom Coughlin getting on him. You landed, uh, you landed with the Giants, and you really became a feature back in your third year. What was your mindset uh, after Tiki retired, being able to have uh, having to carry that torch? Well, to be honest with you, man, I was I, w- I was ready for my third year when he retired because. Coming into this, you know, coming into my rookie year and seeing everything that that had to take place that I had to learn, seeing everything I had to do, I wasn't ready mentally for that stuff. I wasn't ready for that. That my, my first year, I went in on short yardage and goal line plays only. Mm. Or when we was blowing somebody out and we wanted to run a four, or, or we was up and we wanted to run a four minute offense, then I'll go do that. But my second year, I started getting the film room, the off season. I got in the film room. I learned my pass protection, learned all of my routes, learned everything. And then I played a little bit more my second year. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tiki was like, Hey, BJ, um, this might be my last year. I have a bigger career with, uh, Fox. I think he was working with at the time that I'm probably going to take. He told me that in week four, week five. So I, I, I already knew he shocked, he shocked everybody else in like, you know, week, week, 14 i mean i'm sorry yeah like like week 14 he like shocking everybody else saying it was gonna be his last season his last game he, in his last regular season game he, he put up 215 yards against washington redskins to end up with 1800 right yeah. so he left on that note and then me going into it then you know my first year short yardage and goal line in some four minute my second year went i did i did short yardage goal line four minute and third down and my third year I'm, I'm all in i'm a four down back a three down back at this time and I go me and Derek Ward splitting time. You know, I was ready for it, man. You know, and I was ready for it. But I, I also got a newfound respect for guys that came in the league after me and took that starting role on like a you know, like a champion, guys like Adrian Peterson from a rookie all the way up. And he was the he was the man. And like, man, I just don't know, I just don't know how he's doing that. I'm sitting there looking like I don't know how this guy is doing that. Me myself, I wasn't ready. So I, I take my hat off to guys like that as well. But I was ready 
to take the torch uh, from Tiki when he left, man. I, I learned a lot from him, you know, learned how to be a pro from him, man. And, uh, you know, he's he's definitely one of the best backs in NFL history, definitely one of the most underrated running backs in NFL history. I mean, the guy left when he wanted to leave, and he yeah. had 10,000 yards. You know, right. I, I truly think Tiki could have stayed and played another two years and, and been up, yeah, and, and did more, you know, but he wanted to leave on, on, on top. He controlled his own destiny, and he did what he wanted to do. No doubt, no doubt. Going into uh, Super Bowl 42, the New York Giants entered that ball game 12 and a half points underdog. But what was the feeling of confidence and belief the team had going into that matchup against the Patriots? We knew one thing going into the playoffs after playing them in week 17. We knew one thing. And by the way, that game helped us. It helped us. It helped our confidence. You know, it got us where we needed to be, you know, mentally to mm-hmm. be able to go through the playoffs. I mean, this this is the best team in the NFL. You know, we just went into a dog fight with them that we should have won. Yeah. Given the fact we had a you know, we had a turnover too, that was the reason why we lost the game. And poor and poor, you know, some poor clock management by one myself, not going out of bounds and it think in times when I uh needed to, you know, it is what it is and and those and those and those moments are now gone. So we knew coming into the playoff that the New England Patriots, it was one team that they didn't want to play again. It was going to be the New York Giants. So we knew we had we had three other teams in our way that we were capable of beating, you know, and that caught us at our bad time pretty much. Like Green Bay caught us at probably the worst time of that season, blew us out. You know, we didn't play Tampa that year, but Dallas beat us twice. But we knew going into it that all those games that we had were definitely winnable because our division was tougher than the NFC South at the time, like I said earlier. So we knew we could beat Tampa. Dallas was a question mark, but we knew we owed them. And we knew it was going to be hard for them to beat us a third time. And Green Bay put us in a situation where we played our type of football and they wasn't ready for it. We played tough physical football in negative 20 degree weather and they, and they couldn't, they couldn't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and went and, and, and going into the Super Bowl, we know once we made it, we knew once we went, went to the Super Bowl to represent the NFC that we was going to win the game because New England was going to ball up and it was going, and it was going to lay down for us because we were, because we were physical with them. We hit them in the mouth. We bumped them after the play. We did all kinds of different stuff to intimidate them. And we ain't kept like boys got flags thrown on them left and right. We, we just didn't care what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Y'all 18 and no, y'all beat everybody. Okay. We get some penalties and lose the game. Okay. Y'all 19 and no, what's the big deal? We don't see that. We just going to come at y'all and it is what it is. It's however y'all want to take it. And that's what we did. Hey, is that, is that David Tyree catch one of the best plays in Super Bowl history? Absolutely. David, David, David couldn't catch a cold all week long, man, in practice. <laughs> David, David couldn't catch a cold soaking wet and standing in, in, a, in Alaska at negative 30 degrees, could not catch a cold at right. all. But he, you know, he was dropping everything, hit him in his hand, man. He had, I think he had two catches in the Super Bowl. He had one for a touchdown, right? How right is that? And then he had the, yep, he had a sell it pop, hit him in the end zone, you know, and then he had the catch on his head. What ended up being two major plays in that game for us to go and win the game. But that catch, he picked the ball against his helmet. That's, that's, you know, that's one of the best catches in Super Bowl history. No, 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 no. That might be in the discussion, right? As right one that's of, better than San Antonio Holmes, man. I no, you no, 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 no. That's not better than San Antonio Holmes catch. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, come on. Yeah. So, no. I know. Oh, no. Listen. No, no, no. The reason. Okay. So this is my logic. Y'all hear me out. Listen to me. I know y'all going to say I'm biased. I think David Tyree catch was, David Tyree catch was, 
was great. It was a great catch, but I think it was more luck. It, it was, was more luck than that anything. That was a routine catch, man. So we Dude, can no, He caught the belt in his helmet. That was not a routine catch. No, no, I'm catch. saying, I'm saying Santonio, that's a routine. Them boys do that every single day nowadays. Yeah. I mean, A.B., that's a normal catch now. Listen, listen. The difficulty <laughs> for Big Ben, the throw the ball, if you look at the elevation of the ball, there were three deep, there were three guys that the ball literally skipped their fingertips. And for Tone to catch it, that was the throw. a toe tap. I, I don't Yo, listen, listen, listen. That ball in freaking double, triple coverage, man. And he had to come down with that, Matt. No. So David Tyree, I'm asking both of y'all a question. I want y'all honest right. answer. Was David Tyree catch more luck or skill? He caught it and we won the game. I think, honestly, that was that was great ball awareness because he had the ball here and the ball started. You didn't, Pat, Pat, you, didn't, you didn't answer my question. I said, was that more luck? Or skill, I say skill because I caught a helmet. I, I caught a ball off, off my helmet before. I got ball skills. You got ball <laughs> skills, no question. But how often does that happen? You have to be a bit lucky. Jacobs, that what? Be Jacobs. Was that more luck or skill? Be real with me because you, it's you just skill, be be a skill. Like how do you not be skill? It's, it's, it's listen. It's it's directing. It's it's it's, it's keeping your eyes on the ball, right? right. That's a skill. He, 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 listen, he caught the ball with, with his hands at first, and right. uh, Harrison pulled his hand off the ball, and he had to pin it on his helmet going down. That was the lucky part. The pin on his helmet, he got lucky. Y'all got lucky on that one. He got lucky. He got lucky. So which which was a better throw? Who had the better throw in that? Ben, ben Roethlisberger had, had, the... had the better throw. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger definitely had the better the best guy. throw. But but listen, I'm going to tell you another catch that 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 I think is better than the one you talking about. The Mario Manningham catching Super Bowl oh, yeah. 46 on the sideline. Exactly. That's that Mario Manningham. Yeah. I mean, one thing I can't take from the Giants: both championship runs. Right? Y'all had two uh, two memorable plays that we always talk about. Right, but if you're talking about, yeah, I think you can put that Mario Manningham catch into the discussion. But the difference between the catches we're talking about, only one of them led to in a direct point getter touchdown. That tone no, catch led to instant points for us. No, that one led to the yeah. um, Platte Burris. I mean, eventually, yeah, it led to them. It led to the slant and go uh, uh, to Plex in the end zone. But I'm talking about tone was a touchdown. Right, right, I got you. I, I see what you said. Now, you're right. Yeah, I will tell you this, though, Mac. That was a heck of a pit, pitch and catch. But what I'm saying is those guys, when the last time you saw somebody catch a ball in the helmet versus somebody catching that same routine toe tap that Santonio Holmes caught? I, I, I can like, tell you one. I, we, can, we can throw out, you remember the Patriots versus the Falcons. Remember Julian Edelman foot uh, catch. You remember that third and long that he yeah. converted for a first down? In the one Seattle had against the Patriots with, uh, I think it was Jermaine Kaysen, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jermaine Curse. Was it Curse? Uh, Jermaine Curse, I'm sorry. It went yeah. down to the end zone for, it led to the, the pick, but for them to get down there, you remember the, the Patriots guy picked it. He had an opportunity to pick it off. Jermaine. Uh-huh. Wow. And it fell on him. It fell yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Fell, yeah. Yep. Fell on him. He was on the ground. Yep. Absolutely. That's love. But now, nah, man, like I, mean, I say, man, David catch, it was great. You know, I, I, I put it up there. I just, you know, I, I've definitely put it. I, me myself, I'm going, and you might call me biased. I got him and Mario Manahan, man. That, you know, for them to be able to Both. do that, you know. Yeah. David Terry catching Mario Manahan catches in the league of their own. Yeah. But, well, speaking of speaking of the catches you're talking about with Tyree and Manahan, the same person delivered the pass in Eli Manning. 
You know, what's your response to people who question his Hall of Fame credentials? They need to take the um. I think they. I think. I, I think they need to give their Sunday ticket away, man. <laughs> the people that the people that's questioning Eli's credentials, I think they need to give their Sunday ticket up and never watch the sport again. That's you saying he should be first. I mean, you saying he should be first because, Absolutely, I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you, every team I was on, there were probably eight or nine teams in, in the team with eight or nine teams in the league with deeper rosters. Every year I played football. I mean, it, it, I'm talking about easy, right? We just played together, you know what I'm saying? And and we made things happen. You know, everybody always saying, oh, Eli had this, he had that. All thing Eli had with him was an amazing defense, right? But offensively, we had Shockey, who was who was hurt most of the time, you know, mm-hmm. and then he and then, and then he ended up leaving. And we had played little birds on the outside who, who played his whole career with the Giants hurt, you know, at, you know after coming from Pittsburgh. And we they had unknown running backs that nobody just didn't know what they were going to do, and we had a decent offensive line. Yeah, I mean that that's not a that that's not a deep offense, to, you know, to me. And Eli was still able to do what he did, you know, without help, just like every other quarterback has. But he's definitely a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer. I tell you, when Eli was in his heyday, if it was if if, if it was close in the fourth quarter, and Eli had the ball last. It was he all. Was no doubt about it. <laughs> no Absolutely. doubt about it, man. I seen it week in, week out. Week in, right. week out, I saw it. So yeah. saw it way too much not not to believe it. You know what I mean? Uh, the New York so, Giants have a great history of you know selecting great running backs. Do you think Saquon will be a New York Giant long enough to threaten that record of yours? Man, I, you know I'm a huge Saquon fan. Um, I'm a huge Saquon fan. However, however, okay. If the trend continues to follow, he won't be that long. With enough. the Giants, <laughs> with the Giants, and the type of coin, Zeke got a lot of coin, Alvin Kamara got a lot of coin, and I think Saquon is better than both of them. But I just don't see the Giants footing that type of bill yeah. for, for a running back. I, I I don't see it. Now, do I want them to? Yes, because I'm a big fan of Saquon. And if anybody break my record, I'd rather be him. Dude's a, he's a great dude. He's a hard worker, man. He's a he's a people's person. You know what I mean? He's everything that that he's every he's every type of person that that's needed in a place like new you know giant you know with the giants you know talks to the kids like dude he does everything man and and I'd rather him stay right I'd rather him stay put in New York but I I don't want him to take something he's worth more than you know what I mean so the Giants have you know and throughout all these years I probably was the last running back that they paid decently. You know, and, and that was and that was forty million over four with with what I had eighteen nineteen guaranteed at the time. That ain't mm-hmm. nothing compared to what Zeke and him is doing now. You know, that ain't nothing compared. Elvin Kamara got a, a big deal too. I think he got like an eighty million dollar deal, or something of that nature. Know you know what I mean? So I I I don't see the Giants cutting that type of check for the running back position. Yeah. I, I don't see it. So and also with that too, being said. He got to stay healthy too. That's the thing. With, got to stay healthy. He got. He got to stay healthy. There's two years in a row where he's been hurt, and uh, you know things happen. And and I, I just wish he can play a whole season and, and, and get what he's worth. Yeah, but I well, think he got just, he, he got 17 rushing touchdowns, so he got a ways to go to get that 60. Yeah, he got a ways to go it, to get to that 60, bro. Yeah, I think it falls back on also of putting pieces around because I think it, they just put too much on him. You know what I mean? Put him in too many situations to where he he is vulnerable because he's the guy that's, you know, that that's in the passing game as well. He's also in the running, but he's everything that they got on offense. So 
the offense run through them versus having a tight end. I mean, they have a tight end. I can't think of the young man's name. I cannot think of it. Ingram, I believe. Yeah, uh, Evan Ingram. Evan, Evan, yeah. Yeah, Evan Ingram, who's another guy where we don't know whether or not the Giants are going, going, going to move forward. I think this is the last year on his deal. He had to play his ass off to have a, you know, to get a contract. I don't know mm-hmm. what the Giants are going to do with him. I don't know if they're going to lowball him. I don't know what they're going to do. But he asked me, they definitely need him because he's a threat in the scene with his size and he's athletic. As well, so I mean, I I I don't know what they're gonna do with him because I think he's up now too. Only time would tell. Only time would tell. Now, uh, Brandon, we're gonna transition to the superlative part of our show. We hit you with rapid fire questions. We want your unbi- unbiased, honest answer. First one for you: best nickname for a unit in NFL history. When you were in New York, you guys were called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Brandon, Amar Bradshaw, and Derek Ward. Do you think can you think of any other legit iconic like nicknames for units throughout professional football? I mean, Earth Wind and Fire was pretty hot, not gonna lie to you. It was. Yeah, you got that. Washington had the hogs. I mean, who was uh like who was Earth Wind and Fire? Earth Wind and Fire is a is a is a group, a music group. But it was three it was the three running backs. So who was Earth? Who was Wind? Who was Fire? I was Earth. Okay. Derek Ward was was Wind and Amar Bradshaw was Fire. Okay. Quick, speedy guy, you know, dead, kind of, kind of finesse, hey, you man. know, and then uh, me, me, what? Yo, Ma was a, Ma was the best one out of all three. I, I, he was. The man. dude was a beast, bro. He, he, it was hard to get, it was hard to bring him down. He had yeah. great balance. He had, he had, he had speed where he stretched, you know, where he stretched the field, played in the passing game. The guy did everything, man. Injuries haunted him too. Yeah. No doubt about it. Best backfield in NFL history. You know, you got the two-headed monsters. So you got, you know, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. You got, uh, who is this? We got LaDamian Thomason, Michael Turner, and Darian Sproles. That was a great trio right there. Yeah. Then you got Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, uh, Ward Dunn, Mike Allstott. So who's the best, you know, two or you know, tandem to say in NFL history in your opinion? I think it was us. Yeah, that, that's, you know, me, uh, Derek, Derek, well, it was kind of before Ahmad came in 2007, that was his rookie year, and 2008 was our best season. He he had very, he, he had, when we got the name Earth, Wind, and Fire, me me and Derek both ran for over 2,000, I mean, we we, we ran, thousand, both, right? both ran for over 1,000 yards. So, you know, that that's only been done three other times, you know, right. from, from two backs on the same team. So I, I think, you know, other than, I think it's us, hands down. I, I think we were definitely the better tandem versus, you know, the, uh, you know, the other guys. Cause Darren Sproles really didn't get too much burn when he was in San Diego. You said all three of you guys had a significant, not only like, so like, Dan, like you spoke about Darren Rose, all three of you guys could have been starters though. You know what I mean? Yeah, or I mean, his team. So. And we did, and we, and we did our fair amount, our fair share, you know, we closed games with Amai his rookie year. That's you know, we closed games with Amai. You know, Amai had carries. He played. You know what I mean? It was almost like how you said that. Like, who whoever had the hot hand that game, and it was time to yeah. get physical. That's who Tom Coughlin yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. Well, 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 well. You know, we kind of worked it out. Like our running back coach, Jared Jared Engel, like, man, listen, I love y'all. Y'all been in my room forever. You know, I trust y'all. So you guys work out this rep thing. You guys work out this rep. But oh, I need dope. Brandon to start though. Mm-hmm. I need that's Brandon dope. to start. I'm like, all right, cool. So I started. I did. I went the first two series. 
Mm-hmm. Now, first two series, and then we'll alternate. Then D Water go to the, the third series. Then I'll go back for the the, the, the fourth series. Then we'll bring Ahmad in. Mm-hmm. You know, Ahmad might get a series a quarter, mm-hmm. right? He might get a series a quarter. But then when I realized Derek running hard, he's doing his thing, I said, man, I can't take him out now. I mean, I can't and let, you know, leave him in. You know, for instance, in 2008, we playing against uh, Carolina in week 16 for the number one seed. Derek had 215 yards rushing. I wasn't about to go pull him out the game. Yeah, you know, say, man, it's my turn, man. Yeah, like, bro, he had 215. He had like 15 carries at that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't even crazy. But I had three touchdowns. Zone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had three touchdowns, and he had 215. And I used to tell these guys all the time, start with Plexico Burrs, uh, Amani Toomer, all of those guys, I say, listen, I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all catch a pass and y'all get tripped out of bounds on the one, two yard line, it's not my fault. I'm taking that six. I'm <laughs> taking that six. So when you get a chance to score, you usually, man, you usually see them trying to sell out, diving from the five, trying to get in that thing, trying, you know, yeah. trying to get the ball, you know, trying to break the plan because they knew we going to heavy package and I'm about to come in and get that work. You know, yeah, and that and that and, and that was Derek. You know, Derek had two fifteen, but he got caught a few times right there, right there by around the goal line. He dog tied, so I go get the touchdown. I gave him, <laughs> I gave him all the touchdowns. Now I gave him all the touchdowns. I, I gave him a game winning touchdown ball. You know, right. I gave it to him because I, 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 you know, I, I thought that he, you know he deserved it. Right, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Last one for you here: better overall team, two thousand seven Giants or the twenty eleven Giants. 2007 giant easy not even close that's yeah that's not, my, not that's my strength yeah yeah but because that that 2017 led us to destroying the nfl in 2008 after that year after we won the super bowl we was really untouchable until the incident with plexico you know what i mean yeah, y'all so started off that were, 08 season high like 11 and man, uh, 11 and one we was 11 and, we was 11 and one and when it happened we got blew out by we got blew out in cleveland we yeah, got blew yeah. out of Cleveland. I think on a Monday night, it was like, like 35 like to 13 35. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they blew us out, you know, and we came yeah. back after that and we won every game. Our next toughest challenge was, was Pittsburgh coming to, you know, we played them and yeah, we ended up beating one. It was 20, it was, it was like 21, 17 or something like that something in like Pittsburgh. That, yeah. Y'all, cause James Harris just snapped the ball over the punter head for a second yeah. and put us up yeah. on it. And then we our punter, go. Yeah, our punter got hurt. So we have no emergency yeah. snapper. I mean, the snapper got hurt. Yeah, That's what it was. Got hurt. So, you know, you don't yeah. got an emergency snapper. So they asked Debo, they said, Debo, trouble. can you snap? It's like, can you snap? They're like, yeah. So Debo warm up snap on the sideline went almost into the stands, but they ain't yeah. had nobody else. <laughs> so we said, Debo, take some strength out of the snap, bro. Man, Pat Peter, man, snapped the ball literally almost into the tenth row of the stands. You look on the side like, man, hey, hey, we about to they didn't have the field goal in up. They didn't have the field goal in there. I'm talking about went through the thing. All right, straight up in the stands, like God, this joke is strong. <laughs> we ended up getting that safety. I said, okay, now we up. Now let's try to finish the game, man. Right. Yeah, but yeah, bro, it, it, it was... I hear people say this all the time, uh, Brandon, and, and, and give me some clarity with this. A lot of Giants fans feel like that 2018. Probably was the best team. Granted, you didn't win a championship. When you look at the championship teams, the 11 and 07, it felt like that 018 yeah. probably was the best team. So let me oh, ask you this question. Yeah. If y'all, if the classical situation didn't happen, y'all go through and do what y'all supposed to do. Would y'all have won the championship that year? We beat y'all in the Super Bowl. Boy, stop. 
We'll beat y'all in the Super Bowl because I'm gonna tell you why. We we played Arizona we played Arizona earlier that year. We we played them in Arizona. We blew we whooped them, right? Arizona the Arizona Cardinals, huh? They got to do anything. Y'all blew out Arizona. Listen, I'm, listen I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. We blew them out. They got to come to New York for the NFC Championship game. We mm-hmm. beat them again okay, in okay. the cold, and then we play the we play the Steelers in the Super Bowl, and we beat y'all again for the second time. Hold on, the first time y'all beat us was by default because Debo uh, snapped. We ain't had no snap. We just, you just told the story but, about but, the safety. But, but how? However you, however you see it, B Mac, I understand your, I, I understand the clarity and the point you, you trying to make here. But however, those two points, y'all, you know, we got, we ended up beating y'all by four total. Well, we was, we was in a very difficult situation because I remember I snapped, I think I hurt in the, in the first half, Pat. He didn't knock the snapper out. I think he got concussed. He got that prom escort to the sideline. Oh. Yeah. We had the, we had the strongest man in football snapping the ball. Pat oh. P and the man snapped yeah. the ball the 10th row, man. 10th row. The tenth row. The yeah, tenth give us that safety. Yeah, yep. yeah. But, hey, we hey that's, there, that's a good one, man. I'm pretty sure we gonna have a lot of Giants fans chiming into this when we drop this, and along with Steeler fans because we wanted to see y'all because y'all was causing a lot of hell in that NFC side. We definitely would eye y'all. We would like what y'all doing. We kind of had the same identity: physical football, running mm-hmm. old school, get you in the mouth, don't run from you, just bring the fight to you. So we want my man. We want to see y'all. Our game plan that year was simple. It was it was it was simple. Line a six foot five wide receiver up on the outside. We play cover two over him. You got to play the run with six seven in the box, and we gonna run the ball down your throat. That's just yeah. what we are gonna do, right? Yeah. So when Plexico, when that happened with Plexico, you know they didn't respect Damani like that, and they didn't respect Dominic Hickson like that. Even though Dominic stepped up and played well for him, but Dominic has didn't respect him like that. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, yeah, but they played us different, you know. Now, now that safety's in the box, you know. So now you go from a seven man look to now you got an eight man look in the box, and we got two, and we got guys, and, and you know, then, then just uh, uh, guys that played safety. Then when, then when we were playing, that was real football players. Right. Safeties then were real football players, right? Yeah. So we couldn't they throw our game plan off. We we couldn't adjust, no, and no. we ended up losing Philly in a divisional round. You know, who had Brian Dawkins guy come and play down in the box. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, and that's what I tell people all the time about today. Like, bro, the guys I played against, y'all defense, you know, y'all, y'all had foot, y'all had all them boys on y'all defense. Y'all, 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 Troy, them boys played football. Them boys was, you know, physical. Big Jeremiah Trotter down there in, uh, in Philly mm-hmm. playing, man, they, they ain't got no linebackers really out there like that right now, man. Them, them boys, 210, 215 pounds. Trying to backpedal, trying to cover the pass now. So, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I'm our era was definitely a little bit more physical than what they got out there now. No doubt, no doubt. Whatever. We appreciate you joining us, man. That wraps everything up. Before we let you go, hey, no, is there is there anything you want to pub? Anything you want to talk about? Promote? I know. Wait a minute. Before before I give you that opportunity, Pat P. This man got a beast of a son. I heard. Braden Jacobs, class of 2025. Man, tell the world about your son, Braden Jacobs, and how can we get him down to Tallahassee? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Hey, man, you know, we, we don't think <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, down to Tallahassee. Listen, man, the dude is astro- the dude is an astronomical kid, man. Um, I got him wrestling now, just, you know, just to get some of that toughness. Oh, he's going to get that strength um, in him, too. That, that's that backyard. Ooh, listen, 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 listen. 
That Joker got so tired the other day in his match. He kind of, he, he tried to walk. He was manhandling the kid. He manhandled the kid, pinned him like two or three times. And the ref wasn't in a position to see it. Mm-hmm. He was so tired. He was so tired. The Joker got up off the ground and tried to walk off the mat, bro. <laughs> it was so funny, bro. The guy was a kid with laying on his stomach, you know, just laying on his stomach. Braden got his, he, he resting on top of the man like this. He was so tired, bro, man. Braden is a, a great kid. Braden's going to be probably about 6'5", 6'6", 325, something like that. The man 13 now. He, uh, he 13. How big know, is he, he now? He, he's 6'3". He's six three two what two forty eight right now. Six three two forty eight. What y'all grocery yeah, bill look like? Hey, man, I think that's and that's I a great thing about still. the man. Potatoes and the steak. man, the man. Oh man, yeah, yeah. We eat steak now. We, <laughs> yeah. we definitely eat steak. We definitely eat steak, man. But I, I'm more of a game person, you know myself. I eat, uh-huh. I'm, I'm from Louisiana. I eat real wildlife, like real you wildlife. Eat deer and all that stuff. You eat? You ever had possum before? No, I ain't never had possum, but I had raccoon, rabbit, squirrel, all that stuff. I eat all that, bro. You out there from Bobby Boucher from? Yeah, man. But man, but Braden, he does very well, man. He plays left tackle. He gonna play. He gonna play right tackle Ooh. next year. You know, just because I, you know, the way I was school is in in the in the in the upperclassmen is set up. Got a left tackle already. Gonna be a senior. Um, so he gonna play right tackle next year. Just to get on the field and get right, and if he does great at it, we keep him there. You know, if not, we move him to the other side because that's what he's been playing the whole time. But I definitely think he's he's probably I would say probably the best lineman you know nationwide you know in his class. Wow, there's no question about it. No we question him, about we it. We gotta get him to camp, get summer camp at Florida State this year. Man, listen, get him I'm down. Hey, I'll drive him right there to Tallahassee. I'll be there right camp. there with you. <laughs> be there right there with I'll you. Take it right there, man. No <laughs> doubt, man. I really appreciate y'all, man. I really, yes, do. sir, man. Once again, man, thank you for joining us. All things covered. No Two-time doubt. Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs with the New York Giants, man, joining us here, man. It's a pleasure. We're gonna keep a lookout for your son, uh, Brandon Jacobs. Please do, soon. man. Class of twenty twenty-five. But just know we to beat y'all in that Super Bowl, man. There you go. Have a good there day. You go. There <laughs> you go. We're gonna do a poll. Hey, We're gonna do a poll. Can we let the fans decide? We're going to let the fans decide because you and Pat P think that David Tyree catch was better catch than oh, Santana. Come on. You can't keep going, man. Listen. That listen, was luck. David Tyree had the best catch. Make your poll, poll and I guarantee you. Put it up we're on gonna, there. We're, we're, we're going to add you. We're going to add you on the poll for both. And we're going to see what we're going to let the fans decide. How about that? Let's let the fans go on decide. And I'm going to make sure to retweet it so I, so I can have <laughs> an even, <laughs> right. even amount of uh, support, man. No so, doubt. No I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks again to Brandon Jacobs, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with you next week with a special Super Bowl program where you know everything will be covered. Peace. Peace. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.